everybody, welcome to For the Record, episode number 121. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. Uh, it, this episode obviously isn't going up on Wednesday, but episodes will start. Will basically be going up Wednesday or Friday. Um, I'll try to be a little bit more consistent about saying which day, though. But um, anyway, hope everyone listening to this is having a great Friday afternoon. It's getting ready for a really nice, uh, relaxing weekend. Uh, this episode is sponsored, as always, by the one and only Audible.com, your premier source for all your audiobook needs. Over 180,000 titles ranging across any genre you could possibly think of. Um, if you would like to sign up for a free 30-day trial and, a fr- and receive one free audiobook, you can visit audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Thank you again to Audible for being a sponsor of For the Record. Um, this episode was wonderful. It was recorded a few weeks back um, with uh, Cecilia Peruti. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry I didn't ask uh, when we were doing this, but um, she's the mind behind a really awesome indie rock project. Um, I'd call them indie rock, uh, Gothic Tropic. It's her own project. While she's not, when she's not doing that, she is the guitarist and backing vocalist in Beck's band. I'm sure you guys know who Beck is. Um, just, you know, has won several Grammys, has toured the world countless times, sold millions of records. Anyway, um, Cecilia was wonderful. She was a great conversation. We talked a lot about her experience uh, touring both with her own projects and when working with other bands like Bex, um, her experience as a songwriter. I know I talk a lot about the songwriting process, which sometimes in music can kind of sound like it, it can sometimes be a cop out because it's it's it can just be a a very basic question asked. But I really am interested in the way that people get from literally one note and turning that or a little chord progression and turning that into a full song. So Cecilia's stories um, about her process were wonderful and I couldn't be more thrilled to have her on this episode of the show. Um, You can go right now and find uh, Faster Feast, which is the uh, album that she released for Gothic Tropic last year. Um, And yeah, her info on her Facebook and Twitter pages and all that stuff is at the end of the episode, which you can check out um, afterwards. Uh, so thank you again to everyone, for, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week. And here's episode number 121 of For the Record podcast with Gothic Tropic. Enjoy. to speak with you cecilia thanks you too yeah um hold on just i was one. in a different conference call listening to smooth jazz <laughs> sorry no you're all good 
I and I was listening to smooth, the same. I was. Pro, it's honestly probably the same smooth jazz channel. Yep. Yep. That was exactly it. <laughs> um, well, how are you? I'm good. It's uh, a rainy day here. Where? Are, sorry. Where are you? I forgot. You're all good. Um, it's actually somewhat of a rainy day here as well. I'm in Oakland, so I am about 20 Oakland. minutes. Sort uh, like. I forget the direction. About twenty minutes away from like San Francisco. North. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, east. Of, yeah. East of yeah. I'm I'm mm. bad with the directions. I, I just pretty much at this point just say I'm close to San Francisco because that's the the main reference point. Um, where are you? Where are you calling from? I'm in LA. Okay, cool. So the yeah. same storm is probably going up the entire state at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. So well, there you go. Well, this I heard. Um. Yeah, I heard. Um from Nicole she said you're heading out on the road tomorrow with Beck is that correct uh yeah so like um basically getting back from Texas and going back to Texas <laughs> oh fair enough oh yeah because you were just there for mm-hmm. South by Southwest so you're oh wow that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> very nice um well mm-hmm. I I guess I wanted to start this off um because I listened before I went this I watched a few of the music videos you did, I listened to the uh, Faster Feast album, and I, I guess the, the first thing I wanted to start with was kind of going a little bit back to the beginning of your, I guess, your career, your time as a musician, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I read that you grew up learning classical piano and violin and then kind of started gravitating towards alternative and rock music. At At what point did you decide that you wanted to make the jump as a performer to doing music as a full-time thing? Like, what inspired you to take that leap? Um, it's not an inspiring leap to take. So more more so, like, fighting against survival instincts to, like, make rent, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> um, I guess, like, when I was a kid... Sorry, do you mind if I, like, drink coffee and eat while I'm talking to you. I don't Yo, think yeah, that's interfere. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to ask. Yeah. No, I, I drink coffee all the time when I do these things. You're all good. <laughs> if you hear like munching. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Don't even um, worry about it. So, um, yeah, my, my, my parents are like classical musicians. So of course they like put me through lessons and yeah, um, and, uh, maybe I was, there was a, my piano teacher, um, in New Jersey was actually, um, really cool with letting us compose our own pieces. So I think that's when I first started, like, when I'd get on the piano, you would just sort of like noodle around anyway. Right. So he let us like take that to the next level and improvise and make our own music which usually um piano teachers don't really love that yeah it's a lot about structure so, so um yeah it was it was like basically when i started playing live by myself with an acoustic guitar it was sort of like folk music um and um i started playing at Crane's Tavern in LA in in Hollywood which 
is now called Good Times at Davy Wayne's. So back, I don't know, maybe like eight years ago, it was called Crane's Tavern. So I was playing there a lot and like just getting used to like stage nerves and all of that. So yeah, I think it was probably realizing that someone would pay me to play <laughs> music is what yeah. was the sort of the catalyst to like even consider I I had done every odd job under the sun um really belittling nine hour shifts of like retail or whatever it is. So I think the motivation was how miserable I was. <laughs> for sure to be able to like i mean when you realize that there is even even if you have to work at it it's like you'd rather spend the time working at something that you that there's a potential for you to get paid for if it's something that you love doing rather than um going in and doing something like retail or food service when you know you'll get paid but it's just going to be totally demeaning and just crap work for like you said, nine, ten, like, ten-hour shifts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it occurred to me that I would pay to be able to leave and go home. Like, I would pay money to leave. Jesus. Like, so I realized, like, I actually have, like, little tolerance now for, like, something I wouldn't want to do I would I would actually like invest in me not ever having to do that (laughs) no that makes sense if 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 there was like a magical like I didn't value like realized I valued my like well-being higher than paycheck I've had some corporate jobs like me sitting at a computer having to like get a um, prescription for like glasses at a certain point and I was there for like maybe six months and I had to get out yeah so. I've done I've done a few corporate type jobs like that and I, I I understand exactly what you're talking about where you're just kind of like I can do this I have financial stability this sucks. Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? You just like not even a month or two later, it just it kicks in and you realize. Um, um, and it's so many yeah. factors. It's like it's like uh, the people you work with are God. It, it like if you work with assholes, it's so it makes the decision so easy. I don't understand how people can in working environments like yeah i'm talking about american apparel oh got it floor you know what i mean yeah just garbage people you know didn't american apparel go out of business if i'm correct on that um he sort of I think he uh, he licensed something, rebranded something. Yeah, it's something like that. But no, I I feel it. I mean, there is a lot of clothing stores like that within, um, like within shopping malls and within like just different shopping centers all throughout the country. Where yeah, it's that same kind of 
group of people and if you don't respect it then you're not gonna want to it's just it doesn't make it fun and then all you're thinking about is um the music or the other or if you're a filmmaker the your craft and what you want to work on and just basically yeah your time you're mentally not there and it's just one of those things where if you can take the jump which you did clearly it then you might as well go and and make the financial jump to do what it is that you actually want to do. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone should at least try it. Cause then if you know that it didn't work, at least, you know, you tried, it'd be worse to be wondering like, you know, exactly. Well, I think mm-hmm. one of the one of the interesting things, having listened to Faster Feast and looking at some of your discography and some of the things that you've kind of done throughout your career, you released the album last year, but you'd only had one other official EP release um, in 2011. And I was curious to know, as a songwriter, how would you say you've grown within those six to seven years, given that you released this record you put out a few one-off singles during that time that ended up with one of them ending up on the record you toured with people like beck and charlie xcx and borns well i guess what do what are what did all those experiences kind of teach you as a songwriter um and how would you say you've maybe grown um just i mean being able to observe i guess um garrett borns and I only played two shows with Charlie, so I didn't get to hang too much, but they're just consuming music all day and also, like, thinking about their music and watching at least Garrett, like, totally learned a lot. I feel like he, um, I don't know, being around someone who's, vision is like realized and it's like out there and it's working is really helpful to just be able to absorb everything as much as possible and that's definitely you know I'm sort of a sponge anyway but um watching people you really respect um do the thing that you really love about them um yeah, you're just learning every day, pretty much. For sure, and kind of just observing yeah. and, and doing that will kind of seep into your songwriting and with it and back into that process. It probably does, yeah, just subconsciously. Um, but it's been sort of um, lucky, I guess, that the gigs that I've gotten for, you know, hired gun gigs, I share their musical taste you know it's it's yeah we're listening to prince and bowie and like pretenders and like you know whoever it is like um we all have pretty much the same taste in music so um being able to see how they like are inspired by different artists and make it their own is like super helpful because I'm seeing it like applied in front of me. Yeah. You're seeing it basically just from, um, from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, how and, often, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no. 
I was just going to say, um, with, with all that observation, how often with it, in that time frame were you writing for the album? Was it one of those, was it a situation where it took you a longer time to get all of those songs written and you, it took the, the duration of that time or did you kind of write it in a quicker form and then kind of have to sit on it for a little while longer? Um, it, it was really just like, a matter of time and logistics rather than because it's sort of like the the same story as like waitress is working three jobs you know what I mean like yeah. three jobs while she's writing a book you know what it is so like that's exactly what it was for me but so anytime I'd be home I'd be able to work with Todd if he was home because he was doing the same Thing. And and I think the yeah. reason like it took so long to put something else out was same same boring logistic issue where I don't know what my life is going to be yet. Am, am I going to be a touring player or am I going to be an artist? I don't you know. And you you don't want to like set unrealistic expectations, so you do everything. You try to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> in music, so that's what I've been doing and hope you know hoping i can be as prophetic as i want to be um but then also having the time and the resources and blah 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 yeah no i I, I understand and and the writing like some sometimes we would just be sending ideas back and forth sometimes we would get like four songs done in one day um and so when we would meet up, because the pressure was sort of on, it um, a lot of it came right there in the studio. And um, I had recorded demos before I met Todd, so he was he he was doing things on the production end remotely that I couldn't really be there for. That were like uh, synth arrangement, you know what I mean? So yeah. It all sort of got um, quilted together. Was that, I mean, with with something like the, I guess kind of the way that you talked about how you were, you were writing, is that something that, that um, I, I guess I guess what I was going to say was more of a comment, not really a question. I think that it's interesting how you were kind of saying you were kind of you kind of do everything at once when you're in music just to kind of because you don't know what you're going to be i feel like that's the only career or the only i guess version like entertainment industry kind of thing Field where, in the creative yeah um where you can kind of do everything because even with and this could yeah. be a totally wrong statement because even with film you could be you could know um, how to do editing on the side or do things like that but generally you have to be trained and you have to have this you have to go through all these different avenues and these different hoops. Whereas with music, I kind of feel like it, it's, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. Yeah, I'll try this out, see if it works. And then you kind of go with that. I feel like that's the only, I mean, is that, would you say that's a fair statement? Hmm. Yeah. I, well, I know what you're saying. Like, definitely music, yes. That that there's like an advantage there. If you like are a songwriter, but you're also a producer but you're also a top liner, but you're also yeah. an MC for bands sometimes. Like, it's whatever you want to do. Sometimes you're a drummer. 
sometimes. So it's like you just take advantage of everything that you can do. And it's not like um, widening your um, skills will like diminish one skill. And I, I don't really think that about anything. Like you just really have to nail it on each one. Yeah. <laughs> like, but with film, there are technical aspects that you have to master. Like, I don't know if like the like producer is going to be like racking, like focus, like, there are people who really train and who are like very skilled at, at that specific thing, whatever it is. But of course, of course, um, maybe like the fine art world, I've seen people like <laughs> include anything within the umbrella of art. And that's like a whole other can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> but Music for sure, like I, people who that I look up to, I know are uh, scoring films, but also like rocking headlining festivals. Like that's definitely something that one one thing at a time for me. But but when I'm an old, washed up fart, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely believe I'm going to be behind a board, like producing a band. Yeah. That would be so sweet. Nice. Um, to kind of shift gears for a second, would you be able to talk a little bit about the concept behind the music video for how life works? Be I, I was really intrigued by it because I wanted to know if the video itself plays along with the overall theme of that track or is it, an entirely different story that's just kind of pieced together visually. Um, yeah. I asked um, Matt Larson if he wanted to um, uh, direct a music video, and he, and he came back with this whole story <laughs> <laughs> about a mythical jungle creature. It's sort of like the chupacabra but sort of like a demon and with this parallel universe with like a, the two knees hot on the trail of this jungle demon and this whole thing. And I didn't even question. I was like, sounds good. So like, <laughs> let's do it. So it's completely incongruous with the music, but um, I love it. I, I'm like, I'm a big fan of his um, videos and stuff, so it's really cool that we got to do that one. Nice, yeah. I, I always am curious because sometimes you'll watch something and, and the video looked gorgeous, but it's one of those things where you're kind of like, does this, is there like a, a metaphor behind this? Is this meaning something about the song? Because sometimes I've gone in with that question thinking, there's no way it's going to mean something, and then you're like, oh, shit, okay, it tied back together. Good Good job. Um, so I'm, I'm always just curious yeah. on how that meaning ties. Um, did you consciously structure this album in a particular way? No, honestly, music. Oh, sorry. Oh, man, I am so sorry. I totally talked ahead. Uh, please say, uh, please finish your comment. I, it's it's a little bit okay. hard. It's a little bit hard of a phone sometimes. Sorry about that. Yeah, we got to wait and see. It's all good. It's like, 
classic, classic news <laughs> bro- broadcast situation. Yeah. Um, but the what I was going to say, like, you think sometimes with maybe eventually I'll have the bandwidth to like, actually just recently I recorded, I, I, I directed a music video for your soul. So that was awesome. Uh, would love to do more of that, but music videos are so such a cool thing. And I haven't quite um, taken advantage of it yet, but we'll, we'll be putting more music videos out pretty soon it's just one of those things you know that's like to me seems like a secondary priority at the moment but um eventually we're gonna be doing more of those i think it's very basically i think it's very cool when bands nail their music videos because it's to me, I haven't really done it yet. <laughs> I'd love to do that. I just sort of like, eh, I'm not killing it on, on that <laughs> end, but I don't know. Eventually, don't want to force anything. I feel like I feel like it's one of those things almost where as an artist and a creator, you don't, I mean, do you feel like you might hit that? Because someone could go and watch the video and or any videos that you do and just be like, Oh yeah, they nailed it. This looks great. But then as a creator, you're sitting there going, fuck, it's not even close to where I want it to be. I'm not there yet. Do you think that you'll ever hit that? that... Feel satisfied with yes, it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, um, yeah, I get proud of songs. If I'm, if I'm, if I really like something we just did in a day, I'll listen to it over and over and over. I, I do, there, there are like, proud moments um but i'm not a i'm not really a filmmaker so when i when we do music videos i want it to be like the best concept idea ever yeah it has to be it has to qualify um and it and i just i'm i'm like not in their headspace wise yet to like think of a really amazing Sometimes you have, you know what, your the your soul concept was definitely a high idea that became reality. So that was my first executed high idea, and some of the high ideas um, are actually good ideas. So uh, sometimes that happens, but other than that, I'm not. I'd love to think of. Uh, more fun music video ideas it's so fun but then you start thinking and then you're like oh we need to rent the thing with the thing and then we need to rent a whole package with the other things and it just gets yeah you did you suck the fun out of it really quickly if you're thinking about shooting a music video practically you're like oh maybe we yeah. can just go to the desert and like shroom <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> you just give up well it can be hey, really one day yeah it can be super creative but then it can be also really overly technical and there's all this other stuff that comes into it so it's like you kind of have to have the right like i guess the mix of like right and left brain you want to be able to commit yes properly exactly and yeah 
and when you and when you can't, you're just like, well, I do it at all. It's like one of those self-defeating things. But <laughs> well, for sure. Um, uh, the question I was going to ask a little bit earlier was about the structure of the whole album itself, and I was curious to know: was there when you put together the track listing for it and started or like mastering and putting everything in order, did you consciously structure it in a particular way? Because I, and I bring that up because I noticed that the mood and the vibe of the album kind of start to calm down around the time chem chemical trail comes on. And then it gradually starts to come back up like right when don't give me up comes on kind of like it mellows out in the middle and then it, it picks back up again as time goes on, was that a conscious or I guess more of a subconscious decision? Yeah, I was definitely conscious. It was one of those like multiple lists moments. So I, yeah, I, I, what I was thinking about was like these sounds in this song has more of like a more synth heavy and more like beat oriented and more like, um, uh, mellower or less guitars, and so that's where it sort of like vacuums in in the in the middle of the record. And um, there are like smooth parts, you know what I mean? There are smooth parts in each book-ending song around that like mellow middle, and then it goes. And then there's something about those book-ended songs that bleed into the next songs around it just like instrumental wise or vibe wise so I was really thinking about that um yeah what inspired you in that case then to incorporate an instrumental track on uh if it if it had a body I believe was the name of the of the track what I guess yeah yeah um I just like, I like to jam, so nice. I didn't want to pretend like this big shiny record for me, my first LP, would just sort of feel like we're just playing through the songs. And um, when we play live, we like allow for, you know, a couple minutes of um, the sort of vibe building. So I wanted to put that in the record too, even though just one of those tracks that move you from one mood to another. Um, I don't, I love that when I listen to records. So, um, I was, uh, also going to ask you in regards to one other song on the album, uh, the last track feeds you to the sharks. I was curious to know what that song was about because, uh, I, I mean, the name itself stuck out to me a bit when I first saw it and then you listen to it and it's got a very mellow, it's got a, a little bit more of a mellow vibe, but at the same time, it's got these kind of darker lyrics to it. I guess, what was the inspiration behind it and how did you kind of go about writing and structuring that song? Um, I will, I wrote it just in one sort of rehearsal. I was just playing it. And, you know, I, I mean, when, when you start 
jamming on an idea, you have filler lyrics that you just just come to you, and they're not really thought out. They don't. They might not mean anything. Mm-hmm. But that was that was the moment where it's like. It, it was actually when we did it. It was like goofy. It was like sort of maniacal. Um, it's like I'll feed you to the sharks. I'll hold your tongue in front of you. I guess it meant, you know, make you choke on your words, right? So like, yeah, make you acknowledge what you said. Show you, you know, your. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying. So um, that was that was just what came out. But um, when I started to think about it, <laughs> um, I realized I was probably talking about someone that I really hurt uh, a few friends of mine, and that I know is uh, not a positive. She's had a lot of problems with a lot of different people. She called me a bitch once. Uh, we had a long friendship and like sort of musical partnership, and it wasn't really so much what she was doing to me, but which was sort of like manipulative things and power plays and different things like that. But yeah, um, it was more like. Drop something. I had to put you on mute. Oh, you're um, okay. <laughs> um, she, oh my God, she she said some of the most hurtful things I've ever heard someone say to someone before. So, and this is to, to women who are like, um, do not deserve it. So, I sort of wrote a song about her. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, as a way to, uh, but a lot of people think it's about a guy, but it's it's no, it's more about like it's it's like female beef, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, that's the best way to get out. Yeah, that's the best way to get out frustrations with all this stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you if you hold a flame for for things you've never never got to say to someone, you got to get it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. as a way to kind of wrap this up, um, just a couple more questions, but what do you hope people take away from, uh, the whole project after listening to Faster Feast? Um, I hope you like it and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if you like it, then that's cool. Cause I'm making more music. Um, but I really don't know. It's sort of subjective, right? So, like, some yeah. people think I remind them of someone, and some people think they remind them of someone else on completely opposite end of the spectrum. Whatever it is, like, it's just what naturally is coming out of me. So, whatever um, you take away from it, I hope that it's just obvious that it's, like, um, not too overthought and, but also, uh, meaningful to you somehow <laughs> and, and different themes that help, um, 
make you feel less alone on how you feel about this or that. Um, and yeah. Awesome. And, uh, lastly, um, this is the last question I ask as a way to kind of close things out. It's a super, super broad question, but, uh, what does music mean to you? Um, I think it's, I think what it should mean to people is, and what it means to me is, it's sort of like the universal, um, connective tissue between everyone. Um, same with laughing or physical comedy. I don't know, um art in general so it's sort of like um a big machine for empathy so i feel like everyone should be able to um walk in other people's shoes through their music and that's a super powerful tool for um bettering humanity (laughs) in general uh so anytime there's word of cutting the arts or anything like that. Um, it's unfortunate. It's sort of like an idiocracy moment. So don't let the man get you down. <laughs> Perfectly said. Um, and finally, where can people find Gothic Tropic online? Where can they find your music? Uh, any kind of social media, website, anything uh, you want people to look up in terms of where they can find your music and more about the project you can listen to everything on apple music or spotify or title or whatever it is that you like to use for streaming um and then you can also buy it on itunes and on Bandcamp. and uh my twitter is gossip chop non-stop my instagram is Gothic Tropic, and then Facebook is just Gothic Tropic. So there's <laughs> uh, all that, and then GothicTropic.net. We got the net. So yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Cecilia. And I will send this Good over. Good to talk to you too. Yeah, well, I will send this over when it is ready to go live, which it should be within the next couple weeks or so, and then. Um, we'll get this posted and all that good stuff. Nice. Cool. Well, Well, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great rest of the day and have uh, safe travels on the tour that you have coming up and we'll... uh, Thank you. Yeah. Next time um, we're in Oakland, I'll pitch you up. Please do. Yeah, I would love to come and see a show. show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a great rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.